It's Thursday, October 28th. Welcome to the News Diet, a healthier alternative for staying informed. I'm your host, Michelle Carroll. Today, I'm going to talk about Biden's trip to Europe, an update to the Sudan military coup, and the U.S.'s first gender-neutral passport. Let's be informed so we can get on with our day. President Biden leaves today for a five-day trip to Europe to attend the G20 summit in Rome and the UN Climate Summit in Glasgow in the UK. The G20 summit is short for Group of 20 and is an annual international forum of the world's top 20 economies. Its members account for 80% of the world GDP, 75% of global trade, and 60% of the world's population. The forum has met every year since 1999 and includes countries like the U.S., the U.K., the E.U., China, Russia, Canada, and other countries and economies in South America, the Middle East, and Asia. It's reported that one topic of discussion will be the concept of a minimum global tax, which would make it harder for the world's wealthiest to hold funds overseas in an attempt to avoid paying higher taxes in their home countries. This would obviously require agreement among all members, so this is expected to come up this week. Also on the agenda are the issues of the supply chain crisis and rising energy prices. While President Biden is in Rome for the summit, he's expected to also meet with Pope Francis. In Glasgow for the UN Climate Summit, world leaders are expected to deliver concrete steps for how they plan to do their part in helping to curb climate change. President Biden will be giving a speech laying out his plans for America. Also, apparently Biden will meet with French President Macron to help smooth over a little tiff from last month, where the U.S. conducted a last-minute agreement with Australia over nuclear submarines that ultimately lost France a deal that was already in progress. The overall trip is seen as an opportunity for President Biden to save face a little bit after a few high-profile flubs, like the chaotic Afghanistan withdrawal and the political infighting within his own party in Congress. On Tuesday, I talked about the situation unfolding in Sudan, where the military conducted a coup on the civilian-led government and arrested the prime minister along with other government officials. They also shut down internet and telecommunication services and took over the state-run media. These actions caused an uproar among the Sudanese people who took to the street to protest. A quick recap of why this is happening. Back in 2019, longtime dictator Omar al-Bashir was ousted by a popular uprising. In the aftermath, a joint civilian and military-led council was formed to serve as a transitional ruling body to prepare for a move to a fully civilian-led and democratic government. Fast forward to now, which is only a couple weeks away from when this transition was supposed to be fully finalized, and the military pulls this. The chief general in charge of the coup claimed that the decision was an attempt to prevent a civil war due to political infighting from within the Joint Council. Since then, some international leaders around the world have condemned the coup and are calling for a return to the transitional process. The U.S. even announced the suspension of $700 million in planned aid until the actions were reversed. 
And recently, the World Bank halted disbursements to the country, which blocks $2 billion in financing, which was granted earlier this year. Well, the military has since released the prime minister, who is now under guard in his home and is said to be in good health. He was recently visited by U.S. and some European envoys. But the general in charge of the coup has now fired six ambassadors who were critical of the takeover, which included envoys to the U.S., the EU, and France. The resistance efforts seem to be pretty strong. Civilians, which include doctors, state oil workers, and pilots, are taking to the streets, closing businesses in some areas, and are planning marches in upcoming days to protest. The U.S. State Department issued its first passport with a gender designation of X, which signifies no longer needing to identify as either male or female on the government document. The passport was issued to intersex activist Dana Zim, who has been in legal battles with the State Department since 2015 to make this happen. Zim was born with physical characteristics that weren't obviously male or female, and after a life of living life as a male, later came to identify as intersex and has become an advocate for the LGBTQ community. The U.S. has now joined over a dozen countries around the world that offer a third gender option on passports. The State Department also announced that applicants will now be allowed to self-select their genders and will no longer be required to show medical certification if stating a gender different than other forms of IDs. Today is Thursday, October 28th, and you've just been informed. Now it's time to get on with your day. I'm Michelle Carroll. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the news diet, be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast so you can always get the latest episode and leave a review as we all know how that helps boost a show's visibility. If you have any suggestions on how I can improve the show, I definitely want to hear from you. I want the news diet to be as valuable as possible for you, so if you feel compelled, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at the news diet or directly to my email feedback at thenewsdiet.com.